Hey everybody, and this is uh, Matthew with the Gio Nation podcast. This is podcast number 13, coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. The ambiance you're hearing is the common area of the Meander Hostel in uh, near downtown Taipei, inside downtown Taipei. Um, me and Ryan have been here for six days, and uh, tomorrow is number seven. Um, it is November 29th, 2015, and um, this has been uh, day number seven or day number six of recouping my knee. Ryan is out and about walking around the city, uh, catching some dinner on his own. Uh, it's been sort of difficult for me these last few days. Uh, Ryan and I have uh, tried to do uh, a number of things in the city that we thought we could do uh, with my knee being a, a little bit damaged and um, so far so okay. I wouldn't say fantastic because I still have some pain in my knee. <sighs> I wish, I wish, I wish I could just snap my fingers and the pain would go away. But uh, I have not been that lucky. It's not, uh, it, has, it has gotten better. Yesterday we did a uh, hiking trail as, as sort of a test. And uh, it's called the Tianmu Trail. And there's a thousand steps going up. And uh, we took the bus to the trailhead, uh, what we thought was a trailhead. And it turned out to be the trail end. So instead of taking a thousand steps up, I took a thousand steps down, which probably was a little bit more um, uh, difficult for my knee than going up because the strain of stepping down a step and down a step uh, creates a lot of, I don't know, pressure on the knee. And uh, at the end of that hike until this morning uh, and today, uh, my knee has uh, given me a little bit of an ache and uh, put me in a pretty sour mood. I have not been that uh, happy. <laughs> but the fact that I am uh, chilling out in uh, a really nice hostel with uh, cool people coming in and out and uh, doing all sorts of activities does soothe uh, somewhat. Uh, when me and Ryan agreed to come to Taipei, we decided that we would stay a couple of places to kind of get a feel for the city. So tomorrow we're going to pick up and go to someplace a little bit more rural. Right now I'm near a street called Ximen Street, Ximen Walking Street, and uh, it's a hustle bustle young crowd. Um, there's a, a very fairly thick gay district here. <laughs> so you see a lot of um, couples, same-sex couples walking around, which is fine. Uh, but it is an interesting vibe that you get from the city. Now, this is sort of like a review podcast. Ryan's not here, although if he walks through the door, I'll ask him to join. But uh, I just want to let you know where I'm at. And I have a special guest. Um, he's going to show up in a little bit, but I thought I'd start the podcast and then continue it as soon as I got here, as he got here. His name's Alec. He is an uh, American, and he is doing something really wild. He's actually living through working in hostels, which is a, a really unique way of travel. Um, but I won't get into it too much. I'll let him kind of describe his lifestyle to you. Uh, among other things, he's a, a rock climber, 
whereas I might be more alpine walking up mountains, uh, he will be uh, climbing up cliff faces and rocky uh, faces. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at his Facebook right now, and I can see him dangling from a mountain. So I'm sure he'll have some interesting things to talk to us about. But until he gets here, let me tell you a little bit about the place. Um, Hostel, uh, first of all, for those of you that don't know, is like a discount traveler hotel. They're often called backpacker hotels as well. Uh, They are inexpensive. A lot of the rooms here are under $20 a night, depending on how many people you want to sleep with. Me and Ryan are in a room with four beds, and uh, we had a uh, a couple of travelers come and go already, uh, a set of Germans that uh, were sort of their first time to Asia, and they uh, rock and rolled every night, came in late, and uh, slept extremely into the afternoon. Uh, But uh, everybody has their own story, and living and uh, traveling through hostels is an interesting way to learn about a lot of different people. And you'll learn about one of them, Alec, as soon as he comes here. Meander Hostel is uh, in the center of uh, Taipei, Um, They've got a bunch of different rooms for whatever you might be interested in, from suites to uh, quadruple rooms and uh, upwards. Um, Definitely look them up. I'll leave a link on the uh, podcast, and you can look at the description uh, when I put it on. The website, if you look right now, is in a bit of another disarray. Uh, Ryan had explained, he's like, you know, I wanted to uh, show off the website and show show people what I'm working on and what I'm doing with Matt, and uh, I'm not even on the website. So uh, I decided to take that as a reason to revamp the site and get everything kind of updated and new and interesting. The last time I designed that site was even before my first trip uh, in 2014, and I decided that it was long enough to kind of get back into it and do something really beautiful. So I'm working on creating something that will last, something that's beautiful and something that's interesting for people to integrate into and learn about our tour as we travel around. Now, um, Meander is a lot like other hostels in that it is very communal. Not only do you sleep in rooms with other people, but you spend your time with others when you're living here and just hanging out. I'm in the common area, and from here I can see a foosball table. They've had a number of foosball competitions in the night where they just gather some of the um, some of the residents in the hostel together and, and play some games. There's a dartboard, a big uh, a video screen where you can watch uh, movies at night, uh, a communal kitchen where they have breakfast in the morning, and chairs and electrical sockets everywhere. Along with that, they've got uh, Wi-Fi for everybody, and the staff here speaks great English and helps you if you do want to voyage out into the city. If you want to explore Taipei, I think Meander is a great place to start. They have stickers on all the walls, uh, descriptions of foods and places and venues everywhere, maps and all sorts of info that you can use to kind of make your time in Taipei as awesome as you want it to be. And you'll find that a lot of uh, hostels are set up similarly. Uh, I would recommend that if you are a, a hotel traveler and you haven't really ventured out and done anything communal and you do enjoy spending time with others, that you take a chance and visit a hostel. And if you're in Taipei, you can visit the Meander Hostel. Now, I put Ryan in charge of uh, looking up the next place that we'll be staying. It is, like I said, more rural. It's going to be outside the city 
and uh, we're going to spend two days there. Uh, tonight, it's going to start raining, and I think it's going to continue to rain for the next four days, which means that being uh, confined in an area in that uh, might be a little bit more natural might be pretty nice. So I'm looking forward to that, and Ryan could probably tell you more about that when we get there. I'd like to do a podcast from every place that I visit so that you guys can get a feel for the places that we go. And seeing as though we're not riding on our trikes, um, this is the extent of the excitement that we'll get is, is the description of the places that we are and the areas that the places are in. Uh, we can't talk about the sweat and blood and tears of the road if we're not exactly traversing the road. Anyways, I will wait for Alex to get here. Uh, I think that's good enough introduction. And then he will tell you soon about the mountains and life living hostile to hostile. You know what? You never know what's going to happen when you're traveling around the world. And uh, I was in the lobby of the hostel waiting for my uh, cohort to come and talk. And uh, a couple of interesting uh, people came by. It was a couple that were staying in Taipei. And uh, we got to talking, and I showed him a couple of my videos. And uh, she's sitting across from me, very nervous, because she invited me uh, to eat with her. And uh, introduce yourself. Big mistake. Hello, I am Kirsty. I'm currently blogging my way around the world with my boyfriend Dale. Uh, we have a website called twotravelerstales.com. Very cool. Um, and yeah, Matt very kindly asked me to be interviewed. So here I am, I guess. <laughs> where, where are we? Uh, we are in a place called Modern Toilet, which is a beautiful restaurant that's in Taipei. Um, and all of the food is delightfully served in things that you would normally find in the bathroom. So <laughs> toilets and sinks and urinals. So, so you're saying in your bathroom, <laughs> yep. you have sinks with poop in them? Not generally. Well, sometimes, I guess. <laughs> rough night. Depends. Rough night. <laughs> Yeah, we're at we're, Modern Toilet is a restaurant dedicated to porcelain. Yes, whether yes it is. Whether it's filled with poop or not. And uh, <laughs> the food comes out in, in urinals, there's hot pot, all sorts. Of, what did you order? I ordered the beef curry, okay. which I think comes served in a toilet, which will be interesting. It's probably the tastiest thing that I will have ever eaten out of a toilet. <laughs> uh, how many other examples do you have to base this from? I don't have any. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Thank God. You have never seen her eat out of a toilet before, have you, Dale? No, this will be a first. Okay, it'll be a first. It'll be a first. I was stuck in the, in the hotel, so I never had a chance to really get out and see some places. So when they offered to come to the modern toilet, how could I turn it down? Uh, another thing I ordered was the poop meatballs. Oh, yeah, they're going to be good. So, you know, what goes, what looks better in poop mode than, than meatballs? I don't think they have to dress it up too much. So it'll be fantastic. <laughs> So what are you doing in uh, Taiwan? Um, well, in Taiwan, we're planning to cycle around the country. We met a few people uh, on our way around the world so far who come from Taiwan. And one in particular told us that he'd done it before and that it was an amazing thing, one of the best things he'd ever done. So naturally, Dale wanted to do it straight away. Uh, I took a little convincing. I'm a bit of a nervous cyclist, especially on busy roads. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, we were on this trip in the interests of testing ourselves and trying new things. So, why not? Why did you choose 
Taiwan as opposed to another place, like when you were planning this trip? Was um, it because of those people told you about it? Yeah, or? simply because the people we met from Taiwan seemed to be really, really genuinely nice people. And um, the guy that was telling us about the ride that he did was saying that the ride itself wasn't too challenging and the scenery was spectacular. Um, and it just seemed like a really interesting way to see a country. And it's not something that we've done before. So we thought we'd give it a go and see, see what happens. So you're going where from where and how many days? We're going from Taipei to Taipei. So like right, wound in a big, Just a big circle. Loop. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, no, like around the whole country, but we're starting in Taipei and finishing in Taipei. It's going to okay. take 18 days. Wow. So we think. <laughs> I hope so, if, if our calculations are correct. How much gear did you bring? How many bags, panniers? Nothing, nothing. nothing. We're, we're kind of, we're, we're in the middle of a around the world trip. So this is month. Uh, 20 of our trip. We left our home in 2014. Um, and yeah, we're kind of halfway around now. How many countries? Uh, yeah, maybe 15 so far. Yeah. Wow. If, I, if I sound not sure, it's because I'm not. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been a while, and we've not really been counting countries. We've just been kind of excited to see everything that we've come across, really. And we've managed to work our way into some countries that we hadn't planned. So we, we recently went to Myanmar, which was amazing. That was one of the best places we've been, actually, and it, it wasn't in our initial plan at all. Did you fly into Mandalay, or into how did Yangon. you get in? Okay. Yangon. We flew from Bangkok to Yangon. Okay. And then sort of worked our way around, and then back to Bangkok um, and most recently we were in Chiang Mai for the um, Yipeng festival to see the, the lanterns and all the craton that set off in the rivers and it was a like visually mesmerizing festival I think it was amazing cultural experience awesome so yeah, I didn't know that you were like I don't, did you tell me that you were literally going around this? Like, I, I'm shocked. I don't know. We don't tend to mention it all that often because a lot of people we meet are just either uh, traveling for a few months or maybe on a holiday. And you kind of feel like you're bragging a little bit if you say, oh, well, no, I'm, no. I'm going around the world and I've seen this and I've seen that. And, oh, yes, I've been there too. And, you know, that kind of thing. So... Yeah, but I may not have mentioned it. So are, are you on a constant trip, like not to return until you, until you accomplish this goal? Yeah, pretty much. And you're flying from place to place? Well, we worked our way overland for quite a lot of it. So when we started off in the U.S., we only took, I think it was one or two internal flights. Um, and then we flew down to South America, so where we started in Colombia. And then we worked our way through South America pretty much completely overland. We took a few internal flights in Brazil and maybe one or two in Argentina. But apart from that, it was all bus, bus, bus. Wow. And um, yeah. Oh, just to give you context, Dale, uh, her, her boyfriend is sitting across from me. And if he wants to take the microphone, he's more than welcome to introduce himself. But it's, there's, no, there's no pressure. Oh, look, food is oh. here. You know what? I'm going um, <laughs> to... Who's, who's the chicken curry? Okay. Oh, well, wow. that's perfect. It we'll talk until ours incredible. come out. The, let me let me give you a little uh, little visual here. There's a black <laughs> toilet. It's very shiny, full of big, chunky 
creamy brown steaming. curry. Steaming. <laughs> steaming. <laughs> How apropos. That's fantastic. Okay, number two is coming. And that is... <laughs> number two is coming. Thanks, Dale. I almost missed that one, that, that, that obvious pun. And, <laughs> this and, one's actually bubbling. Oh, yours is, yours is actually... Man, I've only seen that twice in my life, and it followed a really bad hangover the first time. So this one will actually turn out much better than the last. You know what? I'm going to put the microphones away so we can eat, and then we will continue this, and we'll evaluate our, our poop meals. These? Uh, well, we wouldn't generally use them in work, but if because it would be the media people that would bring their own equipment. What do you do for work? Um, I was a press officer, so I basically work with a company and get them in the news. So I work with the media to get the company's story out there. And How much was, do you uh, charge if I wanted to hire you to get the word of Jayo out in, <laughs> into the world? Uh, it depends. <laughs> I have... Um, some people I work with, some clients I still have from home, occasionally contact me for work and things, and I charge about 150 pound a day. So that a day is about seven hours. I don't have that. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we just finished our meal. What was your favorite part? I'm, I have a massive, I have a a massive sweet tooth, so I'd go for the the poo ice cream. That was good. Dale, what was your favorite? Probably the poo ice cream. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I I, I, I personally like the poo meatballs. They were they were the most visually stunning. Visually, I think. <laughs> there were the elements there. Okay, so we we ate and talked and chit chatted, and uh, I gotta kind of bring everybody out out here uh, up to par on what we talked about because it was pretty amazing. You you've been traveling for 19 months. Yeah. And this is uh, towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you've got about six months left. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. And you were supposed to end, what was the intended end date originally? May this year. May this year. And, right? Yeah, yeah. And then what what happened there? Um, Well, we ran out of money is the short answer. Um, We had a budget. And uh, we kind of overspent in New Zealand. Uh, we kind of decided that we could make it home on our original plan. And we could uh, stretch our budget, but we wouldn't be able to do some of the things that we wanted to do. And we felt we wouldn't get the same kind of experience that we wanted out of it. So we decided to extend our trip a bit, uh, work in Australia for a while to build up some money. and then. Carry on. What did you do in Australia? Uh, we worked in the outback on a cattle station, um, about two hours north of Alice Springs, and uh, yeah, it was essentially just in the middle of nowhere. And you had uh, you made a friendship there? Uh, yeah. Well, I guess so. There was only eight other people working I'm there. I'm not talking so. about people. <laughs> I'm talking about a kangaroo. Oh yeah. We had a we had a pet kangaroo called Ruby. She was kind of she was a joey, and uh, she just turned up one day, and hung around the station and followed people around. She loved carrot. Carrot was her favorite. <laughs> do you have a picture that I could put on the podcast? Uh, when, uh, yeah, yeah, I okay, do. Yeah. Send me a picture. Yeah, I can give you a picture of Ruby. 
pretty cool. She was amazing. <laughs> I have a lot of pictures. <laughs> she, um, yeah, when, when she first arrived, she kind of uh, realized that people would give her food. Yeah. And she followed absolutely everybody. I actually have a video of me running and she's bouncing after me. <laughs> well, where was mom and dad? I, I, heard, I heard they're dangerous. They can be. I think the males can get pretty dangerous, and they get really strong. Actually, they have, they're quite they're ripped. Yeah, yeah, I saw a picture. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I don't actually know. I think Ruby was brought up by a person. I uh, think because she was very, very social. Very she really liked people, okay. and she wasn't afraid to come up to you and and quite liked being around people. I think uh, the owner of the station had a job to keep her out of the house. That was her full-time job? <laughs> the, the, the Ruby keeper outer? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they had a, like a fly screen and Ruby would just stand by the fly screen and make little kangaroo noises because she could hear people talking and she just wanted to, to be with them. And wow. It was quite cute, really. Yeah. She was amazing. Okay, uh, so yeah. you've been to 15 countries. Yes. About. Yeah, roughly, yeah. And uh, which one was your favorite? Everybody always asks us that, and it's a really hard question because we don't have a specific favorite. There's certain experiences that we sort of took away from our travels that stand out in our minds, but in terms of a favorite country, it's really hard to pick one because they're so different, and you just can't compare Mm. the jungles of the Amazon to the glaciers of Patagonia. They're just completely different things, and... You know, gambling in Las Vegas and, I don't know, having a pet kangaroo in Australia. It's not not anything that you can really put above everything else. I don't know. Okay. Then where where is it going from here? So you're going to Taiwan, then then Philippines. That's right. Yeah, Philippines for Christmas, which will be interesting. Uh, Yeah. Um, And then we are heading over to Hong Kong. And we hope to be there for Chinese New Year. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that'll you be interesting. You want to be in Chinese? You want to be in China for Chinese New Year? Well, yeah, we kind of thought Hong Kong would be okay. Get ready. <laughs> it's, it's insane. <laughs> we initially thought China, but then I read up a lot, and yeah, it yeah. would seem that it's actually things tend to shut down. Yeah, for, yeah very much so. It's so, dry. Yeah, I thought that Hong Kong would be a bit more interesting because they seem to have parades and things on, which will be better for the sort of the visitor. Get your get your residence now. Oh. It's Done. It's done. done. One, okay, of the, one of the things in the last few months mess. that we've booked, yeah. 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 So, it's, yeah, we've sorted that. It's luckily. incredible. I lived in Ningbo the last six years, and I would go to Chinese. I would have to get out of China for Chinese New Year. The first Chinese New Year's stay, yeah. you see it. But after you see it, you're like, I cannot be here for this. <laughs> because, uh, the, like, talk about 48 hours of, of, of 4th of July style fireworks all yeah. day for 24 hours a day. There's no sleeping. It's just it's just like World War III all over the place. It's huh. and it's crazy. I'm really looking forward to it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hopefully I hopefully I don't disappoint. Um, now you are going to extend possibly your return date? Possibly, yeah. I mean at the moment that we're meant to be going home in March. Um, but we want to push our flight back. Um, to maybe July time. Uh, we're meant to be flying out of India. Mm. So after Hong Kong, we're hoping to sort of travel through China. Uh, maybe seeing Tibet, if we can sort the visas. 
Um, You're about to close? All right, Jay. Give us a few minutes, okay? Five minutes? So uh, you, um, you've you taken almost every form of transportation. I'm riding a trike. Yeah. But you are actually, how, how is your, what's your primary mode of transportation? Generally bus, I think. Bus. And yeah. then before that, what is train? Actually, or haven't taken that many trains. Not much trains? Uh, probably car after uh, Rental bus. car or something? Yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. We've done bike a few places, but only really for day trips and things. Uh, in these sort of Asian countries, we've sometimes gone for a sort of motorbike to get around and that kind of thing, mm. or a moped. Um, but yeah, generally, especially long distance travel, it's bus because that is generally the, the cheapest option um, and most reliable, I think, as well, a lot of, a lot of the time. In South America, especially, so many long distance bus journeys. Um, and the good thing about long distance journeys that you can go by bus with or train is that quite often you can get overnight journeys so then you save on accommodation costs as well cool and then you end up in a new place the next day ready to explore before we get kicked out of the modern toilet <laughs> <laughs> i never thought i'd say that uh what would you recommend what would your advice be to somebody that's thinking about taking a trip but maybe they're a little bit too nervous Ah, you've got your whole life to be nervous about other things. So mm. This is not something to be afraid of, I don't think. There's so many experiences out there that you can have and enjoy. And there's just, just a lifetime of memories to be made, I think. There's so many things that we've done over the last year yeah. that actually quite a lot of people aren't as, you know, fortunate enough to say that they've even done half of and that makes me feel really really lucky but you know at the end of the day it takes a will and you, you have to get out of your because you sacrificed right you quit your job yeah yeah we quit our jobs and left you know, your family and friends yeah they're, they're all still there at home yeah. waiting for us and yeah. they'll they'll still be there when we get back so awesome yeah yeah it's been a bit of it it was a bit scary it was a bit nerve-wracking to especially to quit um, because we don't have anything to go back to. So there was initially a bit of nerves on my part about you know, not being able to, to get a good job when we get home. But I don't really think, after speaking to a lot of people before we left, it kind of helped me made up my, make up my mind for me because when I was saying to people that we were considering travel, they would always give me two answers. Mm. And one was oh, that's amazing, I did that when I was younger and it was the best thing I ever did. Uh -huh. Or they would say, oh, I never did that, but I, I always wanted to and I always regretted not doing it. So there you go. It was something I had to do, I think. Can you uh, can you stay in touch with uh, me on your journey sure. and send me updates? Yeah. And I'll like um, maybe put them in the podcast. And I'll say you guys chimed in and, and yeah, where you're at. That would be good. Okay. Uh, before I sign off with you uh, and get back to Meander and maybe interview one last section of the the guy that works there, um, can I get a Jio from each of you? Do you know what Jio means? Uh, Did I tell you? You mentioned it earlier. It Chinese means to add problem. fuel, yeah. right? So let me get a one, two, three. Jayo. Okay. One, two, three. Jayo. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Thanks, guys. Let's get no out worries. of this. Thank Let's you. get out of this shitty restaurant. <laughs>
Okay, so from Modern Toilet, we're back at the Meander Hostel. Uh, I left my two friends to... Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. at Modern Toilet last night. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, pick him up. Pick yeah, it up. Yeah. Pick it up. All and right. uh, I, I, I talked about this gentleman earlier, and he's going to introduce himself. Uh, what's your name and where uh, are you from? Uh, my name is Alec. I'm originally from Santa Barbara, California. Okay. Uh, now my home base is out of a small town called Arcata, um, six hours north of San Francisco. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. But your real home base is wherever you're at, right? Yeah, for the time being, um, for the last five months or so, I've been going from, uh, I guess, place to place working in uh, hostels. Okay. How long have you been doing that? I uh, stopped going to university about two and a half years ago, and uh, my schedule is currently work for five or six months, and, uh, and then, I guess, work abroad for five or six months. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, how many hostels have you worked at? Uh, on this trip? I've been to uh, three hostels and one resort, or I guess it's a resort, onsen, spa. So, did you use the same service to find the hostels that you did to use to find the resort, or is that kind yeah? Of friend so of a friend? there, there's two different websites. One is uh, Help Exchange. The other is Workaway. They're both uh, work trade websites um, where they basically just provide you with like a host list. Okay. And you make contact and kind of sort out the details from there. Can you give me a link and I'll post oh, it yeah, on the definitely on the podcast. Um, is there anybody, how did you get involved in this? Is it like a friend told you about it? Um, about, I would say four years ago, I, uh, I don't know if you know about woofing. Yeah. 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 yeah I, uh, I woofed in France. Um, and from there I met some people who also did help exchange and then I, I help exchanged. And from there I learned about work away. Um, what is help exchange? Just like, so it's, it's essentially woofing, uh, woofing, working on organic farms, uh, but not on farms, you know, just someone who needs help with their small business, um, you know, it could be making jam or wine or literally anything, um, but just someone who needs some help and they invite travelers to come help them out in exchange for generally uh, room and board. Any interesting jobs you've done with that? Um, it seems like a lot of the workaways and help exchanges are hostels or um, I guess hotels, stuff like that, cafes as well. Um, I mean, the... Uh, the place I stayed in Japan was really, really cool. It was out in the middle of nowhere on Shikoku. I don't know if you know where that is, but no. uh, well, it's the, basically it's in the middle of nowhere, small town called Nakamura. And it was 45 minute bike ride to the nearest grocery store. No 7-Elevens, nothing. You know, mm. It was 45 minute bike ride to anywhere. So I was kind of landlocked, um, but I was there to surf. Um, and so I would work in the cafe all day and then surf in the afternoon. How old are you? Uh, 22. Okay. Yeah. And you all, surfing is new. I looked at your Facebook, your, your cover page is you hanging off the side of, what is that picture taken of? That was uh, taken in Kunming, China. Okay. Um, and in, in China, I was a, uh, I went there originally with kind of the idea to uh, learn some Chinese and hopefully uh, teach English. Okay. Um, and I ended up staying for four and a half months um, and I did take Chinese courses. Um, and I also kind of became a little of a private tutor. Okay. Uh, but the area, yeah, the area I was in is uh, famous for rock climbing. It's called Yangshuo, and it's some of the best rock climbing I've ever seen. Um, and it, I kind of, you know, you show up there, and if you like to rock climb, you never want to leave. Mm. So. Um, now, your idea of rock climbing is, are you tethered to the rock? Are you free climbing? Are so you? It's, it's free climbing. Um, I mean, that still means with ropes. You know, it's not free soloing. Um, what I'm, what I do is a sport climb. So sorry. what I do is I, uh, I sport climb. And so that means I, I climb up maybe, I don't know, two or three meters and I clip in 
Okay. Um, but until I clip in the next time, two or three meters later, I can fall. Yeah. And when you fall, you're falling, you know, the distance. Seven feet. Or, or, well, yeah. seven meters. So you, you, can, you can fall, you know, 20, 25 feet sometimes. Uh, wow. Yeah. Have you had a few near misses? I've had a, you know, a lot of time when you fall that far, you're 40 feet up the wall. Uh, I mean, and I, I've never personally fallen that far, but I've had friends who've taken some really scary, scary falls. Wow. Because uh, things do go wrong, you know, uh, clips break, stuff like that. And so you're always, you want to be redundant in whatever you do. So if something does go wrong, you still want to have a backup. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I feel safer rock climbing than I do driving my car to the rock climbing area. You have confidence. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, what I don't have confidence in is, you know, the rock for the most part. So you just have to make sure your gear and what you're doing is as smart as possible. Because, mm. you know, rock breaks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, those anchors, have you ever had an anchor give away on you? I've never had an anchor give away. Mm. Um, you know, for the most part, where people drill anchors is really, it's really good. Reliable. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. Um, and there, there's always backups. So... So, so you're only going on pre-made routes. Have you, have you drilled your, ever drilled your own route? And I haven't like, drilled, but I've also done trad climbing, um, which there's no gear placed. You, you have uh, cams and nuts and bolts, which you're basically placing into the rock. Like, I don't know, if you imagine your hand, you make a fist. Spreaders. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, and so I've done that a good amount, and that's really, really scary for me, you know, because it... There's no really, really good solid pieces. Mm. Um, I mean, if you've been doing it for a long time, you know when it is good. Uh, but for me, I'm kind of just kind of exploring that. So I'm still pretty new to it. Okay, like back to the living in hostels and working your yeah. way through the world with hostels. <laughs> like most people, most people in the world never even stayed in a hostel. You know, like, yeah. like you know, so you being able to travel using hostels to get away around, like... You've done some things and climbed some places that probably most people wouldn't ever have a chance to do, and you've done it inexpensively, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my friends ask me all the time, like, where do you get all this money? And the honest answer is, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I came to Asia with $2,000, um, mm. and I can live for eight months on $2,000, whereas I can spend that much in a week in Europe. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's as simple as that. I, I don't spend a lot. I'm working while I'm traveling, and I live pretty cheap. Okay. Um, what is, uh, sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, what is, uh, what is your, you say work, what is your common day? Like you're working here at Meander. Yeah. That's how we met. Uh, we met today I've seen you around a couple of times. We talked, uh, what is your work day like here? So the, uh, Meander is pretty nice because they do, uh, they switch the shifts around. So for three days I do breakfast, which is seven to 12, prepare breakfast, you know, chat with guests, do some cleaning. And that's basically that. Uh, mm. Five hours, you know, not so hard. And then three days later, I do uh, the afternoon shift, which is basically just cleaning. Um, I clean rooms, I change beds, stuff like that. Another five hours. Um, it's pretty relaxed. I go at my own speed. Um, I'm not rushed. You know, it's, it's nice. Uh, In return, what do you get? So here I get uh, just a place to sleep mm. and, you know, free breakfast and Wi-Fi and stuff like that. It's one of those things where in the city, you're obviously not going to get as good of a deal as if you're working somewhere in the countryside. You kind of have to do the, the, it's a premium. Okay. Yeah. 
Like, what is, uh, w- w- tell me about your best uh, circumstance. Like, like, where did you were like, wow, that's, they, they treated me really well with this type of activity, and they get, I got a lot for that, that job. You know, it, it actually often feels like that, that you're getting a really good deal. Um, and in the last case I worked in particular in a small hostel called Black Bear in Hualien, uh, still in Taiwan. Okay. And, and there was, you know, I came there expecting to work five hours a day, which is what they said on the website. Um, in exchange for just a just a bed, and I, I figured okay, that's all right, you know. Um, but I got there, and he showed me the work, and it was just cleaning. So I scrubbed toilets, you know, I'm a maid. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But I found out I could finish the work in an hour and a half if I tried really hard. Okay. So you know, my five hours of work, you know, wasn't really five hours of work. Uh, and so I would clean for an hour and a half a day, and I lived for free, and I even got equivalent to about twenty dollars a week. Uh, and money he Extra. would just give me. Mm. Yeah. Do you, okay, now that was, a, that was a special circumstance for you to actually make money on top of the room exactly. and board. Yeah. What would you normally do to make some cash while you're traveling? Or do uh, you not? No, I do, I do occasionally. Um, and a lot of that comes with tutoring English. Um, okay. I'm, you know, I'm no English teacher. I don't have a degree in teaching, but I can sit and have a one-on-one conversation and help yeah. someone I guess, improve their English. So, mm. You know, your normal tutor in the States for any language would cost you $30, $40 an hour. Yeah. In Asia, I charge maybe 10 bucks an hour, and it's plenty to live on. Yeah. And yeah, it works. Private lessons. Yeah, private lessons. Uh, it, for those of you that don't know, it's called conversational English. And most expats make a little bit of money. You know, I, I have to, all my friends have. And it's basically just sitting down and talking to people. And whatever they want to talk about in yeah, most cases, no, right? exactly. You know, it, and a lot of the cases, it's people who are coming up on a business deal or something like that, or I've found, and they're like, I need my business English improved. Yeah. Um, so I get a list of, you know, commonly Topics. used business, business terms, and mm. we, we talk about politics or business or economics. And just talking about those kind of higher level English topics really seems to help them. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what is your uh, what is the next step for you? What, what what when are you finishing here at Meander and when are you moving on? So I'm actually I'm going back to California in about ten days. Okay. Um, and from there is it's kind of up in the air for now. Um, my plan is to come back to Asia in about two or three months. Uh, next stop, hopefully Korea. Okay. Um, and from there, a one way ticket. Uh, so from there, who knows? Um, but for the time being, uh, with kind of my current budget, uh, Asia is kind of where I'm staying. Do you see yourself as a lifelong traveler like this, or are you going to put a cap at 30 or 35? You know, I would never put a cap on it, but I can definitely see trips uh, ending sooner, um, shortening up. I I would love to to one day be a small business owner, you know, a cafe, a hostel myself, but something small, something I can call home base, Mm. um, where, you know, after a couple years, hopefully be able to travel when I want and not, you know, I guess work for somebody. You want to do that in Cali or you want to do that somewhere around the world? Well, you know, that's that's the hard part because California, I love California. Yeah. You know, I love to surf. I love to rock climb. Um, I've got a lot of friends there and, and it's great, but it's really expensive. It's hard to start anything. Yeah. You know, in Asia, I, I can meet somebody and for hardly any money at all, you know, in a small country, open up something that I can call my own. Yeah. 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 Um, interesting. So you have been able to travel on a very, like I think most people would consider it a shoestring budget. Right? Yeah. And um, not only 
like, like you could work at a hotel, you know, you could work at a different, different sort of place and maybe make a little bit more money. I could definitely, I could, I think I could get a real job in most places I went. Mm. Um, and in Asia, it's as easy as asking, you know, yeah. you go to five different places. One of them will give you a job. True. You know, if it's a cafe, a hostel, it doesn't matter. They, mm. they like people who speak English. Yeah. Um, and so I could definitely do that, but not for the three week to a month stays that I like to do. Okay. Short, short term. Yeah. Boom, boom, in I, and out. Exactly. I like to move around a lot. I like to gain, I know, new experiences. You know, I don't like to be s- stuck because that's what I do back home. You know, I'm stuck somewhere for four or five months working. And after four or five months, you're like, I need to get out. Mm. You know, and, and you don't want that feeling to come when you're traveling generally. Traveling is a lot about like uh, the places, but I think more so it's about the people. Oh, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I think... If you're going to have a good time, you need to be surrounded by good people. Yeah. And for me, you know, I, I've traveled just by going to hostels and going to bars and stuff like that. You know, yeah. the normal hostel thing. But I found, you know, you make friends for a night and then they disappear and you disappear and you have to do it again for, you know, a month in a row. Yeah. And, you know, it's exciting. Uh, but it can also be exhausting and you feel like you're missing real connections sometimes. Mm. But, but with working, I, I'm working with a lot of people who I really, really enjoy working with. Um, mm. At all the places I go, I meet at least a couple people who I work with for three weeks or a month. Um, and I feel like I'm making actual friends who I can now go to other countries and visit. And, you know, they'll come to California one day maybe. And yeah. Okay. Uh, how many people that work at the hostels do the same thing that you're doing? Or are they lifers doing that 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 hostel so or for, whatnot? For foreigners, it's most most of the foreigners I meet are doing help exchanges as well, or you know just work trades. Um, the locals, obviously, um, most places have half uh, local staff, half volunteer staff, like mm. Meander, uh, like Black Bear and Hualien. Uh, so it's a good mix, actually. So you make you know local friends, uh, and you also make foreigners friends. Okay, so um, explain to the public, if they are interested in traveling like you, what were those websites that you recommended? So workaway.com uh, and then Help Exchange or just HelpX. Um, and they're both pretty easy to find. Websites are easily uh, navigatable. Um, but there's also Woofing. Um, and Woofing, you know, they say it's work on organic farms, but actually you can find quite a bit of things that aren't on organic farms um, and a lot of the time, Woofing has more hosts, mm. but the websites I've found are uh, kind of harder to find your way through. They're uh, not set up as well. So, oh. uh, I mean, how many, like, as far as the hostel work goes, how many apps do you have to send out in order to get one? Is it pretty in Taiwan? In Taiwan, I sent out three, two said I can show up whenever I want. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if, if there's somebody out there that wants to travel this is a way that they could do it almost immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could send out an email today, have a place to live, you know, for basically as long as they want uh, tomorrow. Now, this is Taiwan, so they don't necessarily need a work paper. But uh, in your Chinese visits, did you have to have the places kind of signed for you? And actually, they can't do it. Um, no. So that's the tricky part in China. And that's when I was talking about uh, signing up for a language course. So uh, to get a visa work. to China... I had to sign up for a language school for a couple of weeks uh, to actually get a visa. And they sent me the paperwork required to get a six-month tourist visa. Yeah. 
Um, so and once you get it, you can, visa. you can, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, all of this is kind of under the radar. You know, you're not yeah. going to show up at uh, customs and be like, I'm working here on yeah. a tourist visa. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's a good way to not be allowed into a country. <laughs> yeah. So don't go against what the visa says. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here on a business visa, but I'm just taking pictures of mountains. That's all. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Alex has been uh, traveling and, and I met him here and I thought that was interesting to see somebody that was using the the work aspect of a hostel to travel and and you know hostels as opposed to hotels are a place where you can instantly meet more people it's it's a more sociable atmosphere and even the people you're working with are kind of travelers yeah i mean most of them are yeah so it's a it's a it's a really cool way to get around and i uh i encourage anybody out there that if they want to travel and they maybe they don't know how this is a great way to to start I'd say it's a uh, it's safe, you know. It's yeah. you're you're going into a place where you know there's reviews, you know. There's reviews on the site. You can see what other people have said, mm. um, and you can find a safe environment for your first time traveling alone. Mm. Um, and then from there, you know, you're going to meet tons of people who are going to other places, and you can kind of I don't know piggyback along with them and find travel partners and stuff like that. Have you ever been uh, taken advantage of um, by the system at all? Sometimes you definitely feel like. You know, like I, I'm working too much for what I'm getting. Mm. But then you have to realize, like, I'm staying for three weeks. And yeah. that's kind of ridiculous to ask any business to hire someone for only three weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at the same time, you're kind of taking advantage of what they're offering. It's a give and take. And yeah, exactly. Sometimes, though, yeah, you definitely feel like maybe you want something more. Okay. And you're going to head back to California when? Uh, December 7th. So about 10 days from now. Oh, okay. We'll be, uh, me and Ryan are going to go back to Taiwan or back to China and then come back to Taiwan, but you'll probably be gone by the time we get mm -hmm. here on our trikes. But, uh, we're on Facebook and everything, keep in touch. And then I'll let you know when this podcast comes out. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I, uh, I'll like to hear what you guys are up to in the, <laughs> you know, months ahead. Totally. Cool. Everest as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everest in March, as long as my knee keeps up. So yeah, cool. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Pleasure. <laughs> All right. So that, uh, that is my podcast for today. If you want to catch us on Facebook, it's Jayo Life, J-A-Y-O-E-L-I-F-E. -E. My website is Jayo, J-A-Y-O-E. As soon as the website's up right now, it's a big mess. So give me some slack. And uh, I hope I've given you some interesting information. The next podcast will be in a different place. And uh, Ryan will be here and he'll be back on uh, talking. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, Jayo.